Hi, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and in each episode, I will discuss and explore the key challenges facing family businesses today. As a family business advisor, I'm passionate about helping families to overcome the complex and unique challenges that come from being in business together. So if what I cover in the show resonates with you, I'm here to help, and I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me at fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. You can also sign up to the newsletter there and receive the latest blogs, podcasts and videos directly in your inbox. I would like to thank my friends at the Institute for Family Business for their continuing support for what I'm doing with this show. The IFB is a unique community of family businesses with common challenges, interests, values and goals. To find out more about their work, visit ifb.org.uk. Let's get on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. I'm your host Russ Hayworth and today we are continuing to explore the quest for legitimacy which is an academic research project that I was asked to be um, part of by a brilliant friend and colleague called Dr Jamie Weiner. We have been speaking in the other episodes of this uh, series about the background to why we undertook the research and then on the last episode we ran through the four phases of the quest. What we're going to be looking at on this episode of the show is something we found in the research that Jamie refers to as breaking moments and I think you'll find the topic absolutely fascinating. What I would encourage as you're going through and listening to this episode is to think about times in your own lives where you will have experienced breaking moments. They are universal. Um, They are, uh, as you'll hear um, in the episode, they come in different shapes and sizes. But just have a think about what some of those breaking moments might have been in your own life. Um, Not going to hang around too much, only to let you know to make sure you check out questforlegitimacy.com. There's information there as to how you can buy the book or find out more information uh, on either the research or the services that we're able to offer as a result of that. And uh, I'll pass over to the interview with Jamie now. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. We are continuing our look at... The Quest for Legitimacy, which is a research project uh, that I have been working on with uh, Dr. Jamie Weiner. Jamie, welcome back to the show. Russ, it's great to be together again. And we're talking about the research. And in the last episode, we covered off the four phases of the quest. We described how each of those may feel or be experienced by people and today we're going to be looking at and digging into a bit more detail around what you've termed as breaking moments and I think this is a really important topic to delve into because I think a lot of the people listening will um, resonate and will recognize breaking moments from their own lives but perhaps before we get into the detail around it. Could you give us a kind of summary, a quick overview of what a breaking moment is? And then perhaps we can share some stories and and delve into it in a bit more detail. So I hope if you're listening, 
that this pulls you into something you could be experiencing now, but certainly could have experienced previously in your life because everybody has breaking moments. I can think about it even in my own life. No, you're kind of going through, you're living your life the way you think it should be. Things are going smoothly and it could be a little hiccup that's a break, sign of something, or it could be a huge break that's kind of a wake-up call that begins to get you thinking about, what's my life about? What am I doing? And you, you've mentioned that it could be something that at the time seems relatively insignificant, like I say, a little, a little bump, and other times it can be something that's very obvious and um, large and, and uh, a big experience in, in people's lives. To bring that to life, can you share some of the examples and stories from the research? And again, this is all brilliantly captured in your book, which the links to um, order are in the show notes. So if this is resonating with, with people who are listening, we strongly suggest you go and buy the book. But to give people a, a bit of a sneak on uh, some of the stories that are contained in there, perhaps we can share some of those now. So one of the stories that um, sticks out in my mind, going away to college in itself is kind of a, a potential for a breaking moment. Because all of a sudden you're moving out of the world, maybe even with some excitement that you grew up in but you're also entering a new world. And one of the subjects we interviewed talked about going away to college. He realized when he was there that his family um, had a significant role in the community. They, they also happened to have a little bit more wealth than some of their neighbors, but they were in a part of the country where a lot of people had more wealth than them. And he was at college, and not everybody was like that. And all of a sudden, as everybody else was thinking about how am I going to make money, what am I going to do, what kind of career am I going to do, he realized that he had an overwhelming number of opportunities and literally became overwhelmed by it. And overwhelmed enough that he, he opted to go home leave campus. And he spent about a year at home. It was a period of thinking about himself. He was what some people would call depressed. He was sad about things and confused, which we can talk about some more. But when he finished that period, he went back to school and went on to graduate school. So it was a huge breaking moment. So within that example there, we covered in the previous episode the phases of the quest, and we mentioned that they're non-linear. So certain things can happen that draw you back into phases of awareness and then that tug of war and, and into exploration and, and then onto ownership. And I think this is an example where somebody was perhaps when they started that journey to college, you, we would term that as being part of their exploration phase of, of kind of going out into the world and, and exploring um, what, what opportunities are out there. 
but it brought back to life a, a moment of awareness that the opportunities that have been presented through the prominence of the family, that awareness was triggered by that breaking moment or the awareness was the breaking moment. And I think, again, that's an important aspect to highlight is that because the quest is non-linear, that there can be events that create more moments of awareness and more um, periods of tug of war and, and exploration, etc. Would, would that be fair? Yeah, I think it's actually a great example because when you go off to college, you kind of begin to compare yourself with a different set of peers around you. And you begin to have an understanding about culture you were raised in, the particular prominence, could be the particular wealth, a variety of factors, and you begin to weigh yourself against others. And I would guess that, you know, he he was thrown back into the awareness that something was very different. I, I also wonder was it whether he wasn't thrown back into a little bit of a tug of war between mm. what his family was about and what it was yeah. like to be in the outside world. He was early in college, so he was probably at the beginning of some independence, of some exploring, and going back home also pushed his parents to begin to relate to him about what was going on. So it really, it really impacted the whole dynamics of the, the family and what it means as parents to support somebody who's struggling. Yeah. And again, that reminds me of what we talked about on the last episode around the, the kind of tug of war phase is that sometimes in terms of the sort of stuff you bring back from outside, it can, it can begin as being cute in terms of the influence of the outside world combined with what you've got going on with, with the family side. And then other times it can seem less cute and perhaps a bit more serious in that sense. And this example again highlights that something that's been brought back from kind of the outside world into the family is something that is more serious and something that needs to be looked at and, and perhaps spoken about. Well, it really happened at a time where there's an adjustment both for parents and for the rising gen family member. I suspect in like the last couple of years with COVID, there have been more and more, you know, people launching and then all of a sudden needing to come back home. And I think that's an awkward adjustment for everybody involved. And so in in terms of the experience that that person had, the awareness and the, the overwhelm that was experienced as a result of that awareness, there may be some out there that go, well, because they grew up in a wealthy family, because they grew up and had wealth, that it's easy in inverted commas to kind of pay for that kind of struggle to go away. But again, what we experienced in the interviews and the discussions that we had is kind of the opposite to a lot of the stereotypes and, and pre preconceived ideas that people have and the, the biases that people have towards people who have grown up in a prominent family, be that through 
role in the community or be that through wealth. Again, I think it highlights the fact that it's you know it's irrespective of that that this can have a profound impact on people and something where there is the need for some support and some um, empathy and some uh, guidance for, for people who are experiencing this is is that fair? Yeah, I would really focus on the prominence portion of it. I'm focusing on the prominence portion because if you already believe that um, seeing, perceive your parents as giants and you're struggling to measure up to what they've done and what they've accomplished. And, and maybe if a, if a sibling was going off and seems to be doing okay, there's a lot of pressure involved to feel that y- you can accomplish enough to, to be able to stand up in your, own, uh, in your own right and find meaning in your life and a sense of purpose. You mentioned about the feeling of sadness and, uh, again, what people may may term as depression. You've defined that in in a slightly different way within the book and and within the research as what you've termed as a period of liminality. Can you, again, give us an overview of what we mean by that period of liminality and then I think it would be good to, again, share some other examples of breaking moments and those periods of liminality and then tie that all together in terms of why these are, why they're so relevant in terms of what we discovered. So as a psychologist by background, I wanted to differentiate the classic term of depression of not being able to get out of bed, not being able to move, having no hope or an enjoyment for life and talk about instead, which I think is much more prevalent than anybody realizes, hitting a point where something breaks and and you feel betwixt and between. Your idea of who you were and what you were going to be is, is altered. It's not replaced yet with another sense of what you're going to be. So it opens the door to feeling sadness. It opens the door to feeling isolated and alone because you can begin to feel like, well, nobody else is going through this, which may or may not be true. There may be a lot of people going through it, which is part of what we found. Just nobody's talking about it. There is no place for it. You pointed out to me that the beauty of the word liminality is that it comes from the term limen, I think, limen, which means an opening. And in an age where people worry, both the rising gen and the generations before, probably a great deal, it, it becomes important to change the context into, oh my God, this is so terrible, I feel so sorry, which... You may feel it's terrible. There is suffering through it. It's hard to say that suffering is a good thing. Suffering is um, impetus to sort things out. And hopefully it doesn't mean having to hit bottom. But it it does mean that you begin to have an aha, 
I may be, may to need need to do something different about my life. Yeah, I I think that's a such an important point to make in terms of it. It may feel as though it, particularly in that at the moment of liminality, a feeling betwixt and between, it can it can kind of feel a bit confusing and a bit you can feel a bit lost within there. But that's also the opportunity that, as you say, that the the um, basis of the word is is the is the opening, and for for people to move towards that opening as an opportunity for growth and an opportunity to move on in terms of taking ownership of certain aspects of um, what's happening in in their lives, and I think that is the encouraging element of it because the inclination could be from hearing this that. Well, the best thing to do is to avoid breaking moments and is to avoid those periods of liminality. And I protect myself from some of the perhaps confusing feelings that, that I would have at that time. But you then miss out on the plus side of that potential for growth and a potential for um, taking ownership, right? Yeah, because I think what's opened up is an opportunity to say, so given the world I grew up in, given the world I'm exploring and learning about, what's important to me? Which which are the elements that I'm going to take and integrate into my decisions? And, you know, some of the decisions may be about who to have a relationship and maybe about what kind of work do I want to do? It may mean what's my relationship to the, the world that I grew up in. And um, that's particularly true in uh, wealthy families and business-owning families. But, you know, I grew up the, the son of a rabbi. And at one point I thought, oh, wait, am I, you know, am I going to follow? Um, am I going to join the family business? And am I going to become a rabbi as well? Um there was no money there, so there wasn't. Uh, it wasn't about collecting the wealth. Mm. Um, we weren't bad off, but it, it's certainly not the same as some of the families both you and I have experienced. And, and the question maybe is just simply, how do I make the most of this? And one of the examples, and I think we've we've in over the couple of years we've become very close with him was a gentleman who went to work um, in his family business. There are many elements because his father was Indian by background. So um, there are different cultural values. His mother wasn't Indian. Uh, Actually, in his first meeting, he described the fact that there were two weddings to honor both traditions. He made several attempts in his life and made some real contributions to help the family out both as he was finishing up his undergraduate degree, but then when he finished his advanced degree. And one day he was coming back from the World Cup and his father sent him an email, didn't put it in exactly these words, but to sum it up, what the email said was, you're fired, you no longer have a job. Now it was put in the terms of restructuring, but Given it was a family, it was not a discussion. It was not, what do we do? This is a hard time. It was a decision. And he literally stopped communication with his, his, his mom and his dad for a couple of years while he sorted out who he is and what he wanted to be 
before he came back and knocked on the door of his parents, not knowing what the response would be on the other side of the door. Yeah, and we speak about it in terms of the the significance of him going and knocking on his parents' door and the conversation that he had with his father where he said, thank you because I wouldn't have been able to make the first move in terms of rebuilding bridges. And so in that example, the breaking moment is very obvious and pretty significant. I mean, we have spoken about the fact they don't always have to be significant. I would argue that's a fairly significant moment in anybody's <laughs> life. Um, the the feelings of confusion and being betwixt and between the period of liminality afterwards that, that turned into that opportunity for growth that this particular person took on and, and did grow and, and develop themselves. And the, I guess that the ownership element was demonstrated through walking up and, and knocking on his parents' door, not knowing what the response would be. And, you know, we, we know the story and, and how that pans out and that it's, you know, things are going well now and the, the relationship is, is repaired and, and, and things are okay on that front. But again, the temptation would be to say, well, surely it would be better to avoid those moments. Now, in this case, it you could always go back and look and say, well, maybe it could have been done a different way. But the fact of the matter is the relationship is as it is now with this person and, and their, his parents and, and uh, siblings as a result of the growth that happened beyond that breaking moment, right? Absolutely. And, I, you know, I think it's important, and it was true with everybody we interviewed, whether they had terrible relationships with their parents or connected relationships with their parents, there is a very powerful desire to find a sense of connection to parents, to make a contribution in a family. It can often be, be mistaken as something that should be there too early, particularly in, in the world of family business, because there's a difference between being part of a family business out of compliance and out of ownership. In, this ca in the case that we talked about, he went on to find a position at a university, has coached other young people, still probably more so now than before, his dad turns to him, he has more connected conversations with him, even though the cultural wish that someday um, his son will, you know, wake up and go, I'm, I'm the heir, I'm going to take over the family business, is going to rise to the surface under that surface response. This is a real sense of respect. And he also has a concern about his two siblings. It, it, it all works kind of in the dynamic of a larger family. Yeah, and we've used a couple of examples of breaking moments that are could be termed as negative experiences as, as a breaking moment. And we also mentioned COVID. And one of the things we were... I, I'm reluctant to use the word fortunate in terms of being able to speak <laughs> to the people pre-COVID and then during the, the, the pandemic. I don't mean it in the sense of 
um, that fortunate that COVID happened for, for obvious reasons. But but in terms of a contrast of how lives were being led, the first time that we spoke to to many of our participants, and and the second time, which was predominantly sort of almost right in the centre of of the pandemic, and the significance of that for other people in terms of what we see as, I mean, it's being termed as the great resignation, where people are going, actually, I need I need to find my purpose i need to find what my calling in life is because the the pandemic has created an environment where i've had to start thinking about this and we would consider that as again a a relatively significant breaking moment and there may be people who are feeling that right now who are listening what advice do we give to them in terms of how to how to take this period on in in their lives because again it's not the natural inclination is to perhaps avoid things that are tough. But I think what, what we're saying is go through the go through the opening. Use this period of, of liminality to explore and, and to, um, to grow. So, Russ, lately I've been joking with people that we didn't plan COVID in, in order to be able to do the second interviews after a <laughs> huge moment of liminality in the world. But COVID for everybody may be a great metaphor, and it's more than a metaphor, for understanding what it means to go through a period of liminality, because it's so recent that you can everybody can think back to, ah, it's not quite such a big deal. I don't think change, things are going to change very much. Oh my goodness, I can't go out of my house. Am I going to be able to get food into my house? What am I going to do during this period of time? Is something going to happen with my work? Is this going to impact my relationships? And how do I how do I stay safe? And I remember early on, some some of um, the people you and I know professionally were saying, I don't, I, I, "It's going to be the same afterwards." Well. It's not the same afterwards. Uh-huh. Oh, it is. I mean, people are still people and we still like each other. And some of the basic issues of human beings haven't gone away. But if you think about it, the number of people who are rethinking who they are and what they're doing is m- much more universal, even than the group of people that we interviewed. And maybe the only difference about the group of people that we interviewed is because of the prominence of their families, they were already set up to wonder, would they measure up? Are they enough to have some, some added concerns about how, how effective they're going to be in managing? And I think I need to add that we interviewed some people who were, by everybody else's standards, really successful, but success didn't equal feeling legitimate. And they would have breaking moments and then go on and sort out, so who am I really? Yeah. What's going to make me feel like I'm my legitimate self? And and that can be really confusing, right? So if I use an example from my own life, I... I had a, a an ambition to uh, become what's known in the UK as a chartered financial planner by the time I was 30, which 
unfortunately it's many many years ago now um but but the idea was <laughs> that this success these these the kind of validation that i would get from becoming charter would leave me feeling so much more accomplished and so much more confident and to to coin the phrase that we've used several times the the legitimacy that i thought that would bring me because i would know enough i would have taken the right qualifications to to know enough to feel legitimate for, for me it it didn't happen i i got to charter status but still felt well, actually this almost a bit disappointed because i didn't feel any different around that side of it and over the years it it then sort of manifested itself as me having this acceptance of actually it's better to admit what i don't know rather than try to know everything and that gave me far greater sense of legitimacy because i was becoming more of who i am so rather than thinking i have to have all the answers it's been replaced by a curiosity that has led me to the career that i'm following now and and i think that that's how i relate what you just said to my own life and there'll be other examples out there where people will be thinking what have i got to feel betwixt and between about because everything's great i've got you know a healthy family i've got good relationships with my parents i've not had these significant negative moments in my life that i could point to as a as a breaking moment but again on that they don't have they're not all negative right getting married can be uh, a breaking moment having a child can can be a breaking moment taking on a new role can can be a breaking moment so it it's not about it being negative but it that's what it brought to life for me as you were speaking there is my own experience of not feeling legitimate despite having what on the surface would be the right badges certificates and qualifications to do so you know i think it's such a great example if you look myself as a late bloomer So it took me a number of years to get my doctorate degree in psychology and I should have gotten up on the stage, grabbed my diploma and gone, all right. Well, I was glad. It was a good thing to have, but it didn't guarantee that I was legitimate. And it didn't mean that I had a real idea of what it was going to take to feel that I was doing something, particularly having grown, you know, we all grow up in families where we see, we see what other people do who are prominent. Uh, it's a very visible world we live in. It's a global world, right? I mean, mm. we learned that by our interviews because we interviewed people from Indonesia um, on this medium, it's you know over Zoom. It's it's amazing that you can do it. The universality of um, beginning people beginning to think that what I grew up believing was what I needed to do to be okay, and finding out that there was much more to it is both an opportunity, and, and it's not a curse. It's an opportunity or a challenge. We would, you know, if that that moment for you had been it, we wouldn't have started this project together. Right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And the, the other thing that that springs to mind for me in, in terms of if we're looking at the kind of um, origins of the word liminality as, as an opening, there's that old adage: "There's a light at the end of the tunnel." 
and I think as well that the the encouraging element is once you can reflect back and look at breaking moments in your life and then the period of liminality and growth that um, came from that when something else happens that is another breaking moment you've got the reassurance of knowing okay I understand what this is I can't I can't avoid it. It's happened. It's something that is going on in my life. But I also know that this is now an opportunity for growth. This is an opportunity for me to take ownership of things. And it's it becomes less intimidating. You wouldn't wish kind of suffering on people in, in, in that sense. But in terms of if things happen, so if there's a, you know, a significant moment in somebody's life, having the encouragement of knowing that this this will follow a period of liminality, you grow through that, you have that opportunity for growth. For me, I find that very encouraging because it's, that is that light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, it, although I might not be feeling uh, 100%, I, I might be feeling a bit lost and a betwixt and between. I know that at the other side of this, there is opportunity and there is uh, development and growth. So Russ, when you talk about that, I kind of was going through some of my own experiences across the years because I worked in a long-term adolescent psych unit, not a very up period in people's lives. I worked at Cook County Jail. I work with people who've lost children very early. And there's the real potential to have life take you down and, you know, kind of leave you in a place that you're never going to rise up from. And I think... The true meaning of thinking about breaking moments the way we're talking about it is it becomes a challenge to rise, rise above whatever. And so, you know, we interviewed prominent family members. That was their thing to rise above. And there were variations on the story. But when I work with people who had no money and may have been racial things going on, whatever it was, ended up in jail. You know, some people rise above that, and and many people don't. And I think that's that's both the beauty and the pity of it, because you can get caught and live a life that's not filled with uh, a sense of purpose and integrity. And, you know, purpose could be, just read a book about somebody who got into um, repairing motorcycles. He, he was, that was his purpose. He, you know, he approached life differently and had a passion for what he was doing. So I'm not talking about something highfalutin. Uh-huh. It is whatever it is that it takes to feel like you have ownership of your life. And I think it's important as well to focus on, again, in terms of the positive emotions that come from taking that ownership. And we speak about um, in the research, and again, you capture it brilliantly within the book around the ability to then contribute back to the the terms institutions, but effectively your family, the um, business, your peer groups, your friendship groups, however you you term institutions, the ability to contribute back and and give back there, the the emotional well-being and um, 
sort of the positive side of that happening again is a, a really positive element to focus on that although things you might be feeling a bit betwixt and between here but when you get through that when you go through that opening what's on the other side is a feeling of um that ownership and being able to contribute doesn't mean there won't again be future breaking moments and future periods of liminality but again i see it as kind of a continual rise a progressive rise over time um that has some, some peaks and troughs along the way but but there's hope in this right we're not talking about it being kind of um life's full of of breaking moments and, and feeling um sad about things yeah i think there's a lot of hope in it and i you know i, I think it's important to note that we talk with some families that you know some people who grown in families that were 350 450 years of a family business in um they still needed to find their place in the world. It wasn't like, oh boy, you know, there's, and, you know, one case the family had been through changes in political structure and the country they were in. Sorting that all out is a gift, and it's a gift worth pursuing. Otherwise, why do the quest? Yeah. And um, again, I think there's a, a hopeful feel to. Uh, undertaking a quest that, that it's not easy but it's worth it right that that's the, the the point of it absolutely you know one point in my life i went off to a place where we hiked 70 miles in a week and we ate vegetarian food and we drank a lot of water and i lost a bunch of weight well when you're hiking the 70 miles it's not like oh boy this is so great um <laughs> you get to the end of it and you feel like you know, I did something. This was was worthwhile, and um, and that was a physical quest. Um, most of the people we talked to, the conversation was about an internal quest, about you know that finding oneself. Yeah, it's a great metaphor in terms of the the feeling at the end of it, despite it being um, uh, not. Not easy, let's put it that way. Um, in terms of, again, if, if people are listening and this is resonating with them in terms of what they're experiencing in, in their life right now, we, we've suggested and, and stated that not to avoid it is, is to, to rise uh, in terms of the challenge and, and in terms of ways in which you, you can do that. One of the, again, recurring themes that we picked up from from the interviews that we did was that people felt that they were the only ones that were experiencing this. So I guess, again, what we're trying to encourage is to talk about it. And if you don't have anybody that you feel you can talk to, you, you can obviously get in touch with, with us via the, the Quest for Legitimacy website, which is questforlegitimacy.com. Um, there's a huge amount of power in um, peer groups and and support from people who are experiencing the same things and the fact that um, there'll be many people f who are listening to this that this resonates um, for take encouragement from the fact that you're not alone and that um, you know there are others out there that uh, are experiencing and can share their own stories with you and I think again that the power of that community um, shouldn't be forgotten yeah I agree thank you Russ 
Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you found the show helpful, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and remember to subscribe to our newsletter. If what I've covered in the show resonates with what you are facing in your own family business, I can help. I provide consultancy support to family businesses of all sizes, so please get in touch if you'd like to know more. Head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. Until next time, take care.